Good morning, church family. That term takes on a whole new meaning this week, doesn't it? Church family. We all come with heavy hearts and grieving hearts this morning to worship. I want you to know it's okay to feel grief and heartache this morning, to, to be emotional is okay. I want you to understand that I love you as, a, as your pastor. Pastor Aaron loves you. Our elders love you. We love you. We are praying for you, and we are into this together. I wonder how you might be feeling this morning. Brokenhearted, mournful, angry, confused. I can tell you I've felt all those emotions this past week. The difference for us as followers of Jesus is that we can come here together as brothers and sisters in Christ and still worship our Savior. Even sometimes when the words can't come out, even when we don't feel it emotionally, we can still come together to put our trust in the God that we serve. just want you to know as one of your pastors that I'm hurting this morning as well. I'm hurting with you. And I pray in the days ahead that we can worship together and we can comfort one another and encourage one another as we walk through this journey. I need the power of the Holy Spirit, so I would like us to, to be able to pray this morning before we begin the sermon. Lord, Heavenly Father, I lift up, I lift up a hurting family this morning. The Cernex, the Zeers, and the extended family, Lord, I pray for them first. Lord, that you will give them the continued supernatural peace and comfort that only you can give them. Lord, there are a lot of hard days ahead. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to help them to be refreshed by your word, refreshed by encouragement of other believers, but first and foremost, refreshed by you. Lord, we need you. Lord, I pray for our church family as we continue to, to walk this path together. Lord, that we will not be embittered by what has happened here, Lord, but we will grow closer to you and cling to your cross, Lord Jesus, that it just feels sometimes this week that's all I have. And Lord, I just pray that you will be with us as we go to your word, Lord, that we will engage, that we will allow your word to speak. Lord, allow myself to step aside. Let your word speak through your spirit into our hearts. Lord, we're, th we're thankful that we can gather this morning. I would not rather be anywhere else this morning than worshiping with, our church, with this church family, specifically right here, right now. So be with us, Lord, as we go through this time of, of studying your word. Lord, help it to speak to our hearts, to refresh us, to help us to trust in you more. We pray all these things in your great and gracious name. Amen. So we've been through some recent suffering as a church, especially in the last year and a half. One of the most, the greatest and most comforting things to me as a pastor has been to watch a church family come together during these times. And the reason that we were able to do that is because we have a hope and a caring God, a close God, a God that is in control over all things. We've talked over the last few weeks leading up to this about what is the church, and I have seen those things reflected 
in this past week. So many times over and over again has our church come together. And the only reason that we can do that is because we serve a God who loves us and cares for us and his mercies never end. I want to direct us this morning to Isaiah chapter 40 as an opportunity uh, just to allow the word of God to speak to us and to help us. So if you'd open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40, that's where we will be this morning. Just to give you a little context of what's happening here as the prophet Isaiah is writing. So the first 39 chapters of Isaiah are Isaiah the prophet talking to the southern kingdom. So the northern kingdom of it was divided from the southern kingdom. And the northern kingdom of, is Israel and the southern kingdom is of Judah. And so this prophetic book was written towards the southern kingdom of the capital because the northern kingdom has already been put into captivity in Assyria. So the first 39 chapters were a warning to the southern kingdom of a coming judgment. That if they continue to be unfaithful to the Lord, there will be judgment. And it will be painful, it'll be, they'll be enslaved, it'll be very hard. But then comes King Hezekiah. And in verse 36, chapters 36 and 39 of Isaiah, you see the talk of the possibility of hope because of King Hezekiah. But the problem is, is that King Hezekiah was not the savior that they were looking for. King Hezekiah was a sinner, and he chose, through his great leadership, he, he, his bad leadership, he chose later to become unfaithful and make a pact with the leaders of Babylon, which later would later lead to their captivity, just as the northern kingdom did. So chapter 40 begins the second book of Isaiah, and it is a book of hope. It's a chapter of hope. It's a hope in what the Lord is going to do for his people. The covenant promises, the things that he promises that he's going to give them. And so what I want you to see this morning is this passage can speak to us. We're in times of, of tragedy and suffering as a church family, and we need the comfort of the Lord. So let us read from the word of God and let it speak to our hearts this morning, our hurting hearts. So would you follow along as we read the first five verses of Isaiah chapter 40? The word of God reads, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her, that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Church family, we have faced a great suffering this week. But I am here to tell you that we serve a greater God. This first five verses offer us comfort, comfort from our God that we know that we can receive only from him. You will be tempted in the days and weeks and months and years ahead to put your trust in something else temporary to be able to help you comfort yourself through this, this, this pain and mourning and grieving that you're feeling. But I promise you that nothing else will help you like the satisfying work of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross and what God will do for us by his comfort. Nothing else will do that. I struggled this week with, with how to find comfort, how to, how to understand. I'm not here 
to be able to give you all the answers of why this happened with Christian. I don't know. That's my answer. I don't. I don't, I don't have answers, but I do and can point you to the one who has the answers, the one who can help us work through this. We may never know all the answers for why this happened. We won't. But we can put our trust in the fact that God comforts us. He will walk through this with us. Lamenting is something that is very important. This morning in Sunday school, we did some of that through Lamentations 3. And I just think about how many times this week I've had moments of having to just lament to the Lord, of questioning and asking why and thinking through it. I'm sure many of you have too, have felt that pain and, and just don't understand what is going on. Just, just moments of, of pain and suffering. And I know, family, that you're feeling that and we continue to pray for you and care for you in that. When we face deep loss, when we have tragedy like this, we need something to stand on. And there's only really one thing, and it's right here, what we just read in this passage. Our only satisfying comfort and peace come from a God. It says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Cry to her. End her warfare. Her iniquity is pardoned. She's received from the Lord's hand, double from all her sins, speaking of judgment that would come. But I want you to see in verse 3, it says a voice cries. And you're going to see that theme through this passage this morning. Verse 3, a voice cries. Look down at verse 6. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? And then in verse 9, go up high in the mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength. I want to shout from the rooftops. I want to shout from our church this morning to you all that God is our comfort. He is the one that's going to help us to walk through this. We need him. We cannot do this on our own. We can try, and we might find temporary fixes, but nothing will satisfy. Nothing will help us to walk through this except for comfort from God. We need him. We might not understand it. We might not feel it right now, but I promise you that it is true. This passage tells us that. Looking in verse, after, after he says the voice cries there in verse 3, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. A passage that would be used later in the New Testament to speak of John the Baptist coming before the Messiah. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. All of these good things, these things that are coming about because of the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. We can receive comfort from the Lord. We don't understand how this might work. And this is painful for me even to come out of my mouth that I'm saying this. But the glory of the Lord will be shown through this situation. I don't know how. I don't know when it will happen or what we may see it in small ways we may never see it. But I promise you that the Bible always teaches us through all things, even tragedy, the glory of the Lord is shown. So we can trust in that. We can believe in that. It hurts so painfully right now. But we know that the Lord is in control and we know that he is going to show his glory through this tragedy and this terrible situation. So we might be tempted in the days ahead to turn to comfort in temporary ways and, and things that are vices, sins, or even just good things that are temporary. We might, we might try to do that in the, in the days ahead. 
And I promise you and I plead with you, don't go down that path. Don't get embittered by this. Don't walk away from God. Stand with him, wrestle with him, stay with him because he will comfort you. He will bring the joy back. Part of the, the, the temporary nature of all created things is to direct us to the Lord. All things of this earth are temporary. And part of that is because we are being pointed to an eternal God that we need to be satisfied in. Because none of those other things are, will be satisfactory for you. I just want to say one thing to you this morning. You need the Lord. I need the Lord. We need the Lord. I want you all to say it out loud with me now. We need the Lord. God is our comfort. We need him this morning. Moving on in the passage, if you follow along with me in verses 6 through 8 of Isaiah chapter 40. A voice says, cry, and I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. I've mentioned to one of our students this week that I think our students get tired of me saying over and over again to read the word, to meditate on it, to memorize it, to engage with it on a daily basis. It's our, one of our main opportunities to meet with God. God is our source of comfort. We've talked about that. He's our peace during times of deep hurt. But God has revealed himself to us right here in his word. We need this. We need to read this. It might be hard to do that right now, right? It hurts. We don't feel like we want to read this, but I want to direct you. We need these words. I've been astonished as I've studied this week, as I've, I've lamented it, as, as I've, I've talked with the Lord as I've read his word, how many passages there are about suffering. Because there's so many people in the history of the church, Christians that have gone through deep tragedy, deep hurting, and you see how that they lament, you see how they turn to the Lord for peace and comfort. We need to read the word of God. Because as I've mentioned before, there's a lot of other sources out there. We could read other books, we could talk to other people, we could turn to other things. But all of those things are temporary. Some of them may be good sources for, for a time. But the revealed world, word of God is the only eternal and actual thing that leads to satisfaction and the peace that we seek. We, we will find out what God wants us to do in this situation, how to live this out by reading these words here. So I want to encourage you this morning to not stand on the temporary things of the world, but stand on the eternal word of God. Stand on it, believe in it, trust in it. Flowers fade, grass withers. It's talking about all of, of the things of this world. Even human life is fragile, as we have found out this week. But all other things that we want to bring to peace and comfort today will only fail us in the end if we put our trust and our foundation in those things. We need the word of the Lord to sustain us and guide us into the future. Second Timothy 3 says, All scripture is breathed out by God, it's literally his words and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, and I would add for suffering. This, the, the grief and the mourning that we're feeling today. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All things the scripture leads us to. 
In times of good, in times of bad, we need the word of God. So I encourage you today. I, n- none, of our, none of our grief in this room is going to be linear. We're, we all grieve in different ways. We all are going to have harder days and, and days that are better as, as we go ahead. Nothing is guaranteed to us. Nothing is going to be given to us that we always would want. We don't desire what happened this week to happen. A lot of these things are just so temporary, and it just feels so hard for us to understand why, Lord, why is this so temporary? Why is it that that Christian is not with us anymore? Why? It's hard. So I promise you, don't turn to the things of the world, the temporary world. Turn to the eternal word of God. Study it, engage it, read it, memorize it, meditate on it. Because, I mean, Megan just read the quote. I just thought that was a great quote from Jen Wilkin today. Is that when we have the word of God in front of us, when we're in the times of ease, when we're remembering and memorizing it, when we come to these days, these hard days, we will recall them. These passages that help us suffer well and lament well as we are struggling. We need to engage the word of God every single day of our lives. I, I, I will be honest with you that there have been days this week where I didn't want to read. And maybe some of you have felt that way too. Uh, there might be some days coming forward where you don't feel like talking to God. You're angry or confused or upset. You don't know how to handle it. Those are feelings that we have. We're human. We're, we're struggling. This is hurting. But I promise you it will be helpful to you if you read God's word and if you go before his throne with your burdens. He will bring us through these times. Jacob and Sam are my good friends, and this is a pain that is unimaginable right now. I can't, can't even imagine it, but I, I can tell you that I know that Jacob and Sam would tell you right now to read the word of God, to pray, to rest in the hope of the Lord. I know they would do that. I know it's hard for them at times right now, but I know they would encourage you to do that, to cling to God and his word. We cannot find hope outside of God himself and his word. We need both of those things today, and this passage reminds us of that. I, I am just really struggling sometimes during this past week of knowing what words to say, and even if I stand up here in the pulpit, I don't know some words to say, but I do know that the Lord has given me words to say because he wants me to say them. And this has been a really hard, hard week for me. I have struggled in a lot of ways as a pastor and trying to grieve. But so many times the Lord has sustained me by his grace. He has guided me. He has been there when I've cried and I've hurt standing there across the hall last Thursday, this past Thursday in the spot where a Christian put the rings on my hand last Sunday, one of the last interactions I had with him. I'm going to miss that little buddy. I miss him a lot. And I know that it's, it's hard to think through these things, but I want, to, I want to promise you that the Lord is here with us. He is near. That's what I love about serving the God that we serve, is that he is near He is with us. He's going to carry us through this time. 
So I ask you this morning to please stand with God, wrestle with him, read his word, pray, do those things, because we need those things to help, to help us carry ourselves through these days ahead. So, you know, we, we, we had the song before the service started, which is Andrew Peterson's song, Is He Worthy? I have to be honest with you, that's a question that I've asked this week. I've thought about it. And, and many times this week, I may have not answered or wanted to answer that question at all or answer it the way that I know is true. But I think of the quote of Elizabeth Elliot. You know Elizabeth Elliot? She, she went through very deep suffering and pain in her own life with her husband Jim and their, the four other guys dying in Ecuador as missionaries. Elizabeth Elliot says, I am not a theologian or a scholar, but I am very aware of the fact that pain is necessary to us all. In my own life, I think I can honestly say that out of the deepest pain has come the strongest conviction of the presence of God and the love of God. And I can tell you this week, at times I have felt a lot of pain, but I have felt the presence of God and the love of God in, in deeper ways than I have, have in a really long time or maybe ever. We know that the Lord is there. I've told you he's near. Let us rest in the eternal God who is greater than our, than our suffering today. In, in verses 9 through 27, I'm not going to read all of them, but I want to highlight a couple of things that we understand about why we can say God is worthy. In verse 9, at the end, he says, Behold your God. And then verse 10, Behold, the Lord God comes with might. So we see here that I just want you to see God. We, we, we can't fully grasp who he is. We don't know everything about him, but the revealed word of God tells us that we need to behold our God. Could you imagine the Israelites during this time? They're in captivity. They're, the, 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 other tri the northern kingdom's in captivity. They're, they're in a time of struggle, and they're, they're going to end up in captivity too. But Isaiah directs them back to where they need to go. Behold your God. And that's what I'm telling you to do this morning. Behold your God. It's the only thing we can cling to. What does it say that he is? It says he's mighty and his arms are full of him. It says there, one of the things I love that it says in this passage in verse 11, it says he will tend his flock like a shepherd. And I think of how when Jesus comes, what does he say in John 10? I am the good shepherd. So we have a shepherd who gathers the lamb in his arms. I just feel the gentleness, the care that I, I feel I need in my heart right now from what God is doing. He's carrying me in his bosom. He's gathering me like lamb in his arms. He's caring for us. Who has measured, he talks about creation, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, who has measured the spirit of the Lord, who shows him his counsel, who taught him the path of justice. Then it talks about the nations. The nations are like a drop from a bucket. You see there in verse 18, to whom then will you liken God, or what likeness compare with him? No idols can't. Craftsman casts that. He seeks out a skill for craftsmen to set up an idol that will not move. He's a greater than all things, greater than all nations, greater than all people. Because one of the things I want us to see about beholding our God is that I've talked about how God is near, right? We believe that. I trust that. We know that we, that's so unique about Christianity is we have a God that wants to be near with us. I mean, it even says in John 1, 14 that he came to dwell with us in Jesus. 
But that can't be the only thing. We need a transcendent God too. We need a God that is above all things. Because if we only have the near God, can we really trust in him and believe in him that he's actually in control and sovereign over all things? We need a God that is both near and transcendent. And that's what we have here. And that's what you see here that he's talking about how God is great over all creation. He created all. He's above all things, all people, all nations, all of creation. So both of those things are true. And so that's what I want you to, to, to do this morning is to behold your God. Look at who he is. Look at what he has done. Maybe we won't feel it right now. Maybe we question what happened this past week and it's hard for us to trust. The question is, is he worthy? And just as the song says with Andrew Peterson, he is. Emotionally, we may not feel it. We might, not, we might have trouble trusting and believing in it right now because of what's happened. But I'm here to tell you today that the scriptures tells us it's true. Is he worthy? He is. Behold our God. He is a great God. He is incomparable in his greatness. There's no one that compares to our God. He is a creator over all things. And he is near with us. He is walking this with us. He wants to grieve with us. You think that it doesn't break his heart that what happened with Christian, it breaks his heart. And he is with us in that. He walks with us in that. So we need to stand with God today. We need to behold him, we need to believe in him, and we need to trust in him. It's not all about feeling it and even tr fully trusting in it right now, but we need to believe it. He, is he worthy? He is. Church family, we are facing great suffering today. If we are truthfully honest with ourselves, we might even question some of the worthiness of God and some of the other things that we've talked about this morning. We might hurt so much this morning that we can't even get the words out of our mouth as we're singing songs of worship. But let me tell you, God is good, God is great, and God is worthy. I can tell you, he is all of those things. Keep reminding yourselves that of that. As you give hugs, as you cry together this morning and as the weeks ahead, hug each other and remind yourselves about how great our God is. The God that we serve, even in the deepest suffering. We are facing great suffering, church family, but we serve a greater God. And we need to stand on that as our foundation this morning. I just want you to know again that I love you. We are here in, in this together. And we will continue to pray for you and minister together and encourage one another. But I want to encourage you this morning, before you leave here, give a lot of hugs. Remind each other and encourage each other of, of who God is and that we can stand on that. We will close 
we will we'll sing a couple closing songs this morning, and I think both of them are very appropriate. The first one is the Lord is our salvation, because I believe that's the main thing that we can stand on today, that we have a, a, a salvific Lord. We have a Lord that cares about us, that loves us, that has come down to us so that we can have salvation. And then we're going to sing It Is Well With My Soul to close. I know this is a song that's near and dear to the Cernex heart, and I believe it's a song that we all need to sing together as a church family this morning. So would you stand with me as we um, close with a word of prayer? Lord, I'm thankful for your sustaining grace. Thankful that you have give us new mercies every morning. We need them right now. Lord, I there's just a lot of hurting hearts, including my own, right now. And um, we need you. You promised us in, in Isaiah 41 that you are our strength and our helper. Lord, we need a lot of help and we need a lot of strength right now. So Lord, be with us. Strengthen us. Help us as we walk through these days ahead. Help us to honor you through our grief and our lament. Lord, help us to be honest about the way we're feeling. Help us to acknowledge our pain. Lord, you know how we're feeling anyway, so help us to bring it to you, bring these burdens to your feet. Lord, restore your joy to our hearts over time. Help us to be reminded that we can only, during these times, often just cling to your cross. Lord Jesus, your death and resurrection the way that you gave us as example as you live this life. Lord, that's, that's what we got to cling to today. We got to cling to your cross. Lord, we're thankful for your salvation. We're thankful that we're able to sing it as well with my soul. Even many times right now that we don't feel it, but Lord, we believe it, that we can have wellness in our soul because of what you've done for us. Thank you for the two and a half years that you did give us with Christian. Going to miss his smile. Going to miss his running around the church and just being able to have fun with him. Lord, we're all going to miss him. Lord, we know that, you are, that he is in your, in your arms now, and we're thankful for that. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be hard for us because we, want, we wanted more time with him here. We really did. So, Lord, just be with the Cernak family, the Azir family, the extended family as they walk through this. Help our church family as we all walk through this together. Lord, I just pray that you will keep reminding us of the things that we saw today from Isaiah 40, from your comfort to your revealed word and the fact that you are worthy and you are good. Lord, we are, we are beyond grateful for the strength that you give us to, to worship. And I, I pray that, that your glory will be shown through this situation and Lord, that there'll be, continue to be a, an opportunity to be a strong witness to the community around us as we unify as a church body. Lord, thank you so much for Jacob and Sam especially in the way that they have, I, I know they've had hard times. I know they've wrestled. I know it's been hard. But Lord, the, I, I've just seen such, just a, a great witness in how they have responded to this. So, Lord, help to give, continue to give them the strength to do that. And, Lord, as we finish our service singing these songs of worship, as we, we go from here, Lord, we, we're all, we're all going to be different coming out of this situation.
So we're not going to, this is, I, I just pray that you will change us in a way that's not embittered, but a way that is glorifying to your name, that we will grow, grow closer to you. As we go through singing these last two songs, as we, as we go to a time of just fellowship with one another, Lord, I pray that we will encourage one another and uh, push each other to continue to stand strong in your word and by your comfort, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this time that we could be together as a church family to, to mourn and grieve together and to worship as well. Thank you for all this, Lord. Thank you for your strength and, and just continue to work in all of our hearts. We pray all this in your great and gracious name. Amen.